3: Welcome back to Discographology, the show where we've got one last chance to get it all wrong. As we continue with our series on The Replacements, uh, there was a cover song of A Fashion on Hootenanny and a nearly note-for-note cover coming up next week, so we decided that we would talk through some of our favorite songs that we have covered in in all of our uh, various bands uh, over the years. Um, But before we get into that, uh, what's everybody been listening to, Josh? uh, How's the
2: vinyl habit? Oh, the vinyl habit is is too much. Uh, I've bought a lot of stuff, but I, I decided not to talk about that because I also think that uh, I don't know what has happened, but it feels like in the last month we've been inundated with a lot of uh, good new music. Like uh, I think I made a post on the Discord that it felt kind of dry at the beginning of this year, January, um, but then suddenly I feel like the last you know the last month or so the floodgates have opened because I. There's just a lot of stuff that's coming out that I uh, really like. So I was going to kind of talk about some of that. Um, First off, I might be late to the game because I feel like Blake and Logan have both discussed this already, but it's new to me. The Danny Elfman-Trent Reznor collaboration. I believe you guys have mentioned this already, right? Yeah, there's a few of them out there now. Well, so has the one Native Intelligence, has that... I think that's new. That's new. Okay. Have you guys both heard that?
0: Yes. Yes. Just recently.
2: Yeah. I really like it. <laughs> I, I, li- I, I, put I like it, it on more the-
0: than the first one. That's my yeah. take on
2: it. It kind of surprised me. I put it on and it's got this cool like acoustic guitar bass riff thing at the very beginning. And it it kind of took me aback. I, I wasn't expecting I, I know I should. They're both very uh you know, storied musicians, but it, it just took me back because I'm not a, a big fan of necessarily either of them. And I was really taken with it. So yeah. Uh, Logan, do you, have you heard that song Native Intelligence?
1: Yeah, I checked it out. I, I only listened to it once. Um, and it was, I feel like almost two weeks ago or so. Yeah. Um, so I'm struggling to, to remember the highlights at the moment. So I need to go back and listen to it. And It's in like it. a six, eight,
0: it's it's really it's, different. It's in a
2: weird time year And I know uh, if you remember our replacements episode a, a few back, I was saying that I kept thinking L- Logan would really like goddamn job. So maybe I'm totally off here. <laughs> but when I was listening to it, there's a part where they're saying – Taking a bath in cyanide. Do you guys remember that part? Yeah, that, that part sounds five, Yeah,
1: that, five, that rings five a bell. And,
2: and in my head, I said, I wonder if Logan really likes this part because <laughs> it just felt like a part that you would like of a song, Logan. Now, again, I could be totally off since I also thought you would, I you can would see be that. like all about goddamn job, but uh, I'll give it another whirl. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a cool little part with that. Uh other than that, um The New Father John Misty, he's put out, I think, three songs now from his album that's getting ready to come out. And the first two singles I thought were okay. Um, didn't really grab me. But the third single, Goodbye, Mr. Blue, I have been really digging. It's it's like a Harry Nielsen song or something. Like it's like a lost, you know, song <laughs> from Nielsen in the seventies and just really uh really hitting that acoustic sing- singer-songwriter vibe that he does really well um, you know I think in the past he's kind of aped Randy Newman a little bit now he's he's cribbing from uh, Nielsen but both good places to, to take from uh, the new arcade fire songs called the lightning I think is uh-huh. it's good it's not like my favorite thing they've ever done but I'm glad that they're back and putting some stuff out again and uh, I always appreciate new Arcade Fire, even if, you know, I don't think their last album was the greatest, but um, still, it's yeah. it's always good to hear from them. Uh, the new Andrew Bird, Atomized, is is very catchy. New Girl Pool. Um, I, I like that new Heim song as well. I know we talked about that already. Logan mentioned right. that, I think, a couple episodes back, but I think that one's pretty good. Um, Logan, have you heard the new Crosses? stuff i
1: have uh initiation and was it protection it's the other one yeah, yeah. uh
2: it, it initiation
1: took a, a minute to grow on me but it really did and i think i think by the end of it it takes some really interesting turns Um uh, protection was pretty cool uh yeah i mentioned it on mine in my list did you and,
2: okay uh um, yeah i but... also
1: listened uh what what did you list before that the...
2: Uh, Arcade Fire, Father uh, yeah. Dynasty.
1: I I mainly noticed to tell you and Matt that um, that oh, there's new Arcade Fire, and I skimmed like that first Lightning song, but I didn't yeah. really listen to it.
3: I had heard that there was new Arcade Fire. I have not had a chance to listen either, but but was was pleased to hear because it, it seems like there hadn't been much for for a while. When was Reflector? Was that the last one?
2: Well, no, the last one yeah. was uh, Everything Now.
3: Everything Now. That's and right. Twenty. It was not great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i it, it had some
0: stuff that I liked on it i I also heard this new one and it was it was it sounded very arcade fiery yeah um but it didn't blow me away
2: no and I've been digging i think some other stuff more but it it's still like it just feels like there's lots of artists suddenly putting out singles again like very um established yeah. kind of artist you know sure. um and then i'll I'll wrap up by uh saying uh I did this is an album that I've both picked up. And have been listening to, which is uh, the band Drug Church, which I think I've mentioned <laughs> before. Uh, they, I saw them open for Citizen, but they just put out a new album called Hygiene, that I think is very good. And I've actually got a clip here of Drug Church. Ooh. Let me play a, a hint of that here from the new album. I'll bring Yeah, I don't I don't mind that at all yeah that it's pretty rules. good it's pretty good uh, I, I've been digging that a lot and, and it's just good check it out uh, drug church hygiene but that's uh that's what I've been listening to
3: well uh, I kind of went the opposite way we we've got uh, some REM talk coming up uh, next episode so I've kind of had them on my mind and my, my usual go-to for them um, I have a vinyl copy of, of document and that's one of my one of my favorite records just of all of my records to to throw on, but um, I thought that I would uh, dip into their, their catalog contemporary to the replacement album that we're going to be talking about. Um, I, I, which I'm less familiar with. Um, I've listened to murmur a couple of times and, and, and enjoy it quite a bit, but never really got into reckoning. So, uh, kind of just earlier today, I took some time with reckoning, um, and uh, really enjoyed. Don't go back to Rockville, which was, of course, you know, one that I had heard from it, but I hadn't heard much of anything else. And you know, it was really interesting. You know, very, very sounds like an early REM record, which is what it is. But uh, was was glad to kind of get deeper into into their lore and and uh, you know, an area that I'm not really familiar with. I really enjoyed the closing track, Little America. So. Um, if you haven't listened to Reckoning, I don't know, you know, maybe you haven't. I hadn't. Uh, I, I would would recommend going and uh, and reckoning with that record. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not not a lot of time to to go to the record store or anything. But I do know that we've got uh, as as of now we've got the record show coming up this Sunday. This will have, it will have already passed when this airs. But looking forward to that, and I'm I'm sure that uh, I always end up with something good there. Um, couple of shows, uh, I actually found, uh, Tim, the replacements record. So, um, Oh, nice. We'll be able to get, get to use that for the show here, uh, here at, at some point. Uh, but Blake, uh, what, what about you? It, listen to anything new, anything old, uh, new records? <sighs> um,
0: yeah, a few. And, uh, since we last talked, uh, the wife and I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma for a show. Do you want the, mini show review absolutely um so the show was i think i've mentioned it on here but a a insane three artist bill um dua lipa the headliner uh and then megan the stallion and um caroline polichek uh who is an uh kind of a a lesser known uh kind of arty pop singer that i've mentioned on here um it was pretty wild especially being in a stadium after not being around a whole lot of people in 2 years. <laughs> um, the whole thing was an insane experience. The all the music was extremely mind-blowingly good. The show they put on was awesome. Um the the whole Dua production was mind-blowing, but uh it was also crazy how I I've with Megan as an opener. I've never seen such crowd energy for an opening act it's not a it's not a dual headline megan was an opener but it was interesting to see the the kind of zoomer crowd reaction around us because i mean i thought i was very excited to show up and see do it and megan and caroline but i was i was not excited compared to these zoomers um the level of shrieking (laughs) Uh, no, it was just it was extremely good. Um I should up, upload some more. I wish my I wish my uh I wish I could have been closer, but you know, I'm not a young man anymore and uh I have a bad back, what can I say? Um I highly recommend recommend uh checking out Caroline Polachek if you haven't. She sings like nobody on this planet in my opinion, and not only that, she does like this these like gorgeous almost ballet movements as she she's doing it it's super super artsy and (laughs) i don't know it just it it's hard to describe why but the the whole thing she did could could nearly bring a grown man to tears um you hear that my voice i'm choking up i'm not talking about it um uh and while there at the uh the box center in tulsa you know we paid 29 dollars to buy a coors light and a um some kind of mojito in a can for jazz <laughs> we're like what the fuck <laughs> uh man oh man, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. this trip bled us dry and we also in tulsa went to a record store we, we didn't have time to hit them all but we went to one called Josie's, that was really cool yeah i saw your um, picture yeah i took a picture of a bunch of interesting stuff they had a cool they had cool stuff in the bathroom including a wax tracks record sticker on the bathroom mirror um but we kind we kind of like blew what would be our vinyl budget for a whole year um, on this trip to that store, which is really dumb because of that show coming up. Um, dumb that we did that, but but got some cool stuff. And there's there's too much stuff uh, to talk about now, and we haven't gotten around to listening to much of it. Uh, but I'll I'll discuss it on later episodes as we go. One thing we I got I was excited about I did listen to. Uh, is daft punk's discovery which i've been wanting to get more daft punk on vinyl sounded awesome um i think it was like a 2012 reissue they had a um some pressing of homework their first one which there's been a kind of a hubbub about daft punk came back to announce that they were reissuing their first album their first lp on vinyl homework They had a version of it there. I don't know when it was from, but they wanted like $80 or $100 for it. And I was like, uh, no. (laughs) Anyway, we also listened to the Drive soundtrack reissue that uh, Jess recently got. Uh, Oh, and I haven't even opened the vinyl yet, but I have listened to um, the new Ghost album uh, Impera, which uh, I'll be interested to see what Logan thinks. But I, I really like it um yeah it's uh it's definitely ghost and uh it's definitely a really fun cool album it's got a lot of a lot of great moments on it um also lastly a weird thing vinyl me please sent us uh what i haven't even opened it yet but just told me it was a replacement disc for outcasts at aliens and it's weird because we didn't ask for this, but apparently they're just sending out replacement disks. I didn't realize anything was wrong with it. The first one we got, uh, it would have been nice if they just automatically send replacement disks for like all their screwed up stuff, but for some <laughs> reason they did this one without us asking. I don't know what's going on there. I should probably look into it, but apparently we've got two copies of ATL in <laughs> but
3: yeah. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you've got uh you'll have a lot of stuff to talk talk about um going forward. Can't wait to hear hear about the whole trove. But uh Logan, uh what have you listened to uh this past couple of weeks?
1: Well, uh I've listened to a few things streaming new releases. Uh I saw that Weezer put out a new album. I'm guessing it's a shortened Seasons, but it's SZNZ Spring. And I just didn't have enough time for that bullshit. So I <laughs> I, I, just,
2: I was actually wondering what your thoughts were on that.
1: I, I'm just not ready for another Weezer experiment yet. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm good for right now. And I, I skimmed it and it was definitely nothing that I think that I would be into. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't give it an honest go. Uh, as, as you mentioned, Josh, I checked out Cross's Initiation and Protection. Enjoyed those. New Arcade Fire, I just kind of skimmed. Uh, Black MIDI, I guess, released maybe like a covers EP or something, but I noticed that they covered King Crimson's 21st Century Schizoid Man. Huh. And I thought huh. that was pretty good. That might be worth checking out. Muse released another single called Compliance. It was, you know, it was okay. But uh, you know how I mentioned that new tool video uh, or uh, – release of Opiate 2. Well, they released the music video finally on Blu-ray, and I had ordered it from Amazon, and holy crap, it's one of the most psychedelic and intense tool videos that I've ever seen. It's definitely a great experience, and I really enjoyed it on my home setup. Uh, it's cool Blu-ray with it, uh showing the video, and then there's a commentary track that is hosted by a drag queen duo reacting to the video, which is... <laughs> very interesting um and it's and it comes in like a little art book it's similar to that radiohead amnesiac like special edition library book if you've ever seen that Uh, it's kind of like that that kind of size uh cool pictures it's it's a strange and unexpected release for them but i i was i was very very interested uh, I also heard something about someone that was like mentally. I don't know if they were in some kind of coma or like mentally locked in. Uh, communicated uh, by brainwave.
3: <laughs> I saw that they, as
1: well. They communicated as they wanted to listen to a Tool album. I don't know which specific <laughs> Tool album that it is, but uh, I just thought that was kind of like, oh wow, that's I, pretty crazy.
3: I thought about you as as soon as I read that, Logan. It, I I guess he has some kind of plant or it's a, a chip in his brain and he's paralyzed and he can only you know uh, compose sentences you know a, a few characters at a time and yeah oh, wow. he wanted to listen to tool loud and he asked for a beer i think he was he was um, <laughs> uh-huh. injured in a in a car accident but yes yeah, so i i heard about that and i'm glad i'm not the only one because it's
0: awesome. oh that's crazy I mean, yeah of, co- of course that would be the band if you are going to ask
3: telepathically, <laughs> 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 and, um, and we of course wish him wish him a speedy recovery uh, to the you know the fullest extent possible. Oh, you know, for keep, sure, keep on rocking in the free world. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, uh, my buddy Joe Weston, who I've mentioned before, who he gave me a couple records. Well, he just had me clean one, but he also wanted me to listen to it, and it was. Have you guys heard of Fishbone? Yes, uh, but Fishbone Truth and Soul I, from that 1988. sounds familiar. It's funky, it's heavy, it's like a little ska. It was wild. It, I'd never heard it before, and definitely recommend looking that up if uh, if you're interested. Fishbone
2: um, are opening for George Clinton on his next tour, the next ah, P-Funk oh. tour. They're one of the openers.
1: Ooh. Um, but I kind of saved the,
2: the best for last, but
1: yes, I, I have been listening to Ghost Impera, and all nice. I can say is A+, plus, like... There we go. I think it's a better album. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say something here, and I've thought about it, so I'm not just dropping anything lightly, but I think it's a better album than Raquel, Uh which I honestly had doubts because I didn't think they could surpass that for me because I think that's a great album. strong. It's a strong record, but I think this one might be stronger. It's all the non I need more time with it before I could say something like that all the non-singles are amazing and it's hard to pick which one I like the most, but it's a perfect score for me. I was very, it, the first time I listened to it, I was just kind of like, you you get that initial shock of listening to something for the first time. And you're just kind of left dumbfounded and don't really know what to think. So, um, once I I started listening to it and now I've listened to it, I don't know, 30 times. And it's, what's your banger? Oh, uh, well, if I had to pick, like, one of the singles, I really like Hunter's Moon, but... Yeah, uh,
0: how about that Kayserion?
1: Oh, then? yeah, but the... So the non-singles, Kayserion's really good, but I also really like Griftwood, and then... Yeah, yeah there's a oh. lot of good stuff on there.
2: I was going to say you don't sleep on it as well, but okay, we'll go with Kayserion and Hunter's Watcher Moon.
1: in the Sky kind of slaps. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, it gets an A plus rating for me, and the only other thing I listened to was from my own collection was the Contortions album "Buy" from 1979. It's like punk jazz. I don't know. Can we call that junk or Paz or I don't know <laughs> Paz? <laughs> it's weird. I only made it through one one side.
3: Uh, I didn't. I didn't have it in me for another side. It's an acquired taste very cool. Well, uh we're, we're going to be talking about the the Village Voice or at least mentioning uh Paz and Jop rating for uh, uh for our Replacements album uh coming up next week. But um uh, anybody else have any, have any uh listens this week or uh, shall we uh, shall we move on to our our covers? Let's do the special topic. Special topic. Uh as we said, um you know, we're going to talk about uh, some of our our favorite covers that we have done um you know a lot of us have been in we're in a band together now we've been in other bands uh and and projects with with each other um over the years and uh have played lots of covers and and thought we might just kind of share what our our favorites were uh so uh uh, josh do do you want to go first
2: yes and i have to say this is this is arguably our most self-indulgent topic we've ever done (laughs) on here (laughs) like we've earned it we're gonna talk about ourselves but um I, I want to start by saying I am historically bad at picking covers and bands. Like I, I feel like uh, many times I've I've chosen a song and then thought about it later and been like that was a terrible choice. I, I think of the time I told Brett uh, in Washington Irving our our sort of indie rock band that we should do "There Goes My Girl" by Tom Petty just because I thought it was a good song, but then I forgot comes there's like a girl. whole. Or here comes my girl. And I forgot there's a whole like spoken word part where he's like, Well, every time I think about this town, I just get a little hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to imagine could have done Brett singing, like, doing this rap spoken word rap part, you know, like from... Yeah, it's bad. Uh, or my karaoke choices as well, I feel like, have always been <laughs> questionable. Like, uh, I know Matt was there the time I did <laughs> When the Music's Over by the Doors, because I thought this song rules, and then forgot, again, that there's a whole like spoken word poem in the middle about weird scenes inside a gold mine, you know, while you're in a bar with a bunch of drunks. I, I 60 a measure theme.
3: musical break.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm bad about... Forgetting about spoken word parts. But anyway, that being said, my my favorite covers that I chose here are are usually ones that someone else suggested (laughs) and went okay. Uh, And and I made a list of covers here that kind of spans the entirety of, I guess, what you would say is a a career lasting uh, 20 years. I mean, playing music for 20 years. And of those 20 years, I have to say all of these choices I have are from projects with Matt. Uh, Three of them are from projects with Blake and two of them projects with Logan. So it's a lot of crossover here on my list. Um, To start off with, uh, the first band that I was in and Matt was in as well uh, was a band called Bogart that we were in in high school. Uh, And one uh, cover we used to do that I really liked was we had a song called Girl Was an Airplane that... Had a little C oh, major to this. A major part, and at some point, and I don't know who it was, someone realized that it was essentially the same as Blondie's one way or another, <laughs> and so we started to incorporate it where we'd play Girls in Airplane. And then, hang on, when we got I to I thought that this part, was love. No, it was Girls in Airplane that we would segue into one way or another. Uh, and I just always thought that was really cool. It was always fun, you know, because, uh, we were kind of nodding that, yeah, I guess we realized we stole this, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was also a good cover cause it fit the vibe of kind of what we were, we were going with for that. Um, moving on from that then after that band, um, Matt and I, and then later Blake were in a band called Washington Irving that I mentioned earlier, trying to get to do the Tom Petty cover. And in that group, we did a cover of a Flaming Lip song um, that I was pretty unfamiliar with at the time. But our lead singer Brett suggested a song called Halloween on the Barbary Coast that was a kind of more obscure Flaming Lip song from uh, Hit to Death on the Future, had one of their kind of mid period uh, albums, I guess. Yeah. It's, you know, not at the beginning, but not. Um, later on, either when they were pretty popular, is that the and Borborg
1: we, Blues or something? Is that on there? Or maybe
2: something like that? I don't know that album. I just we did that song, and I think the reason I like it so much as a cover we did is we did it on Halloween, and it yeah. was a good choice on Halloween. And it was also during a, a sort of rare time in that band when Blake had joined, but uh, was not always playing drums, and so we had five people in the band. And I think I played acoustic guitar on it, and then Blake did keyboards, maybe? I just remember um, it being a, a bigger he, setup. Do you remember, yeah, Blake? Yeah, I played
0: the Micro Korg in that band briefly. I, I can't remember if I played it on that song or not.
2: But it's it's a good song, too. Look it up, Halloween on the, on the Barbary Coast. Um, then, after that group, uh, we did First Teenager Ever. This was, again, myself... Uh, I joined that band later, but with Blake and then Matt. And I, I think one of my favorite covers we did there was the They Might Be Giants song, Twisting. I forgot about that. Yeah, we used to do Twisting, which was always fun from Flood. Is it from Flood, right? Yes, it
0: is. I believe Uh, so, yes.
2: Another one I I was unfamiliar with when the lead singer of that group, Mark, suggested doing it. And it was a a very fun one also because we got a chance to do some interesting backup vocals on it. If you you listen to that song on the chorus, there's some fun... um, there's some fun backup vocals kind of repeating the twisting part. Also, I do want to point out in that band, but I think Blake might mention it in a second, is there's a there was a good cover that I have a clip of, but I'll wait for Blake to mention it. That <laughs> okay. He sings like an angel, but you'll uh, hear that in a I, second. If I you.
0: wish we had a recording of Twisting. I forgot we don't, about yeah.
2: that. Oh, damn. Uh, so then uh, the, the last two here are, uh, one of them is uh, myself, Logan, and Matt, did kind of two different tribute shows, uh, shows dedicated purely just to doing covers. Uh, one of them was a show on Halloween, uh, with Logan as well as his dad. Uh, and I think he'll talk maybe more about that in a second. Uh, the other one was a smashing pumpkins tribute show. And, and both of those I've said many times, possibly the most fun favorite shows I've, I've ever played just period. Um, with both of those we practiced a lot and got very uh I think very kind of uh tight I guess you could say and and kind of you know we knew the set really well I don't know how you guys feel about that but I just felt like we got to a point where we were we were in lockstep on a lot of stuff and I think it showed when we played the shows and it was just a very fun experience a lot of people came out uh just two great shows. Smashy Pumpkins Tribute, all covers, and then the Halloween show, where we did a kind of variety of of Halloween covers. So Scary
1: Larry and the Empty Graves. Yes, and, Scary the, Larry and the
2: Empty Graves. In the Pumpkins thing, it was
1: XYUSA.
2: Yes. And I have a little clip for the Scary Larry one, but I'll, I'll wait until play that in a minute. Um and then the last thing I was gonna mention, and I will play a clip with this is the the people you're hearing right here, right now, uh, more of that, we've done a few covers, um, including a, a Billie Eilish song that Blake suggested and sang as well.
0: Why didn't I think to put that on my list? Belly I didn't ache. even put that. On. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. And But the other one that we did a, a real full recording of was Logan's suggestion and, and sort of brainchild arrangement, and that was a cover of the London beat song Thinking About You, the uh, 90s... Uh, dance skate rink favorite. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And we did a a full kind of workup of it. uh, And uh, you can find it on uh, the streamings. You can find it on the Bandcamp, .bandcamp moreofthat.bandcamp.com. But I'll also drop in here a little bit of this. So this is more of that, us, everybody here, uh, doing a cover of London Beats Thinking About You. Baby, what can I do? I've been thinking about you.
1: Thinking about you. Oh. I've thinking about you. Thinking
2: about you. Oh. Suddenly we're strangers. All right. So that's bow, my bow. choices for choice covers that I have done in the last 20 years. Good choices. Uh, yeah. Uh Matt? go next. Yeah. Yeah, Th- those are all good choices.
3: I and including ones that I'd forgotten about uh that that Halloween on the Barbary Coast was was a definite uh it was a gas um uh to play. It's a great riff. But um Josh you mentioned um you and I's first band, uh Bogart, uh, and when I was thinking about this this topic, uh, one of the first ones that came to mind, it was a a very early song that we played and actually had a hand in In our first uh, record, Uh, I don't know if you remember, Josh, we we, uh, competed for the—I can't remember if it was CHS Idol or if it was just some other other talent show, but the prize for the talent show was a couple hours of recording time, and we played Don't Let Me Down uh, by The Beatles— and we went on to record that uh, as one of the tracks on our first. Uh, I don't know. Do we do we call the the story of Solomon Sanchez an EP? Is it oh a record? I, I don't
2: know. It we, was we were just very an EP. young. But but I do have a recording of it. I don't have a recording of the version from that. But I actually have a live recording from a Ooh. show we played later at the same school uh, <laughs> of that song. So same era, possibly joined uh, and, by
3: Fatherton at that show.
2: Possibly, That's yes. I'm thinking of. It it we did a couple shows there, but this one, uh, the clip I'm going to play here, you can hear uh, your own Matt Taylor here of Discography playing drums and doing backup vocals with uh, Ben, our lead singer, and I'm playing guitar. So here's "Don't Let Me Down" by uh, our first band, Bogart, way back in 2002.
0: Can hit the skins.
3: I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got by. That, that, that was that uh, was that a drum set that nice. was
2: later smashed in the street in front of billiards.
3: <laughs> That's true, true story. Yeah, wait, what?
2: Yeah, well, we we were playing a show at billiards, uh, a local pool hall slash had a room on the side you could rent out for shows, and we were loading out one night, and uh, I was carrying out the, that drum set right there, I believe. And yeah. uh, a drunk guy came spilling out of the bar f- in a fight with another guy. Caught me looking at him curiously and oh decided I wanted a piece as well. Uh, <laughs> and stormed over and grabbed my the the I was it carrying was the tom. kick drum. <laughs> no, it was the it 4 was tom. The floor tom. Yeah, he threw it in the road, and busted it, <laughs> <laughs> and oh then God. proceeded to uh, start beating on a guy I happened to run into <laughs> that was like an old friend of mine that I was sitting there talking oh my to. And God. Yeah. And by the way, uh, maybe it's good that I do this, but later I thought, why didn't I hit him with like the drum hardware that I was holding? But yeah. then I realized it might have killed the guy. <laughs> Like, it could have been manslaughter charges. We're in, so.
0: we're in Missouri. No, you're, you're not <laughs> facing any consequences for that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I do remember uh, after that happened, though, going back into billiards and I told some people about it and Brian Carlstrom was there, who is uh, a, a local fellow that we all knew that played music, and he was like, he was ready to go. He was like, let's go find the guy. Let's go <laughs> get him. And I was like, dude. dude uh, I'd be I pissed. Know, that guy's gone. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, side tangent there, Matt. Get back to your uh, choice I, covers. I, I just had to tell a story of what happened <laughs> to that drum set that you used to play. <laughs> yeah.
3: I did not know that. That's so wild. Yeah, I I was watching from like 40 or 40 or 50 yards away. It <laughs> it happened so fast, but I remember it, the drum went 15 feet in the air. It wasn't like just he didn't throw it down. He threw it up into the air and it fell into the street but um oh my god kind of uh to, to bookend Bogart um another one of one of my favorite covers that that we played at, as a band was at, at our last show um which I uh Fatherton played that show if I don't uh if I recall and I have heard that show described as the the highest Collective blood alcohol content um of a <laughs> A lot of parties that that our our kind of friend group went to, but uh, uh, to open up the show, oh, no. we played a cover that we had never played before, and it was "Losing a Whole Year" uh, by Third Eye Blind. I believe I've talked about um, how much I love that that first Third Eye Blind record, um, and and losing a whole year is one of my, uh, one of my favorite songs from it. I, I don't have a clip of that show. I believe video exists, but I, I, I wasn't able to, uh, uh, to cut a clip of it, but it, it was, it was a lot of fun, lots of yelling and screaming. I have a, I have a picture of me just, you know, screaming into the microphone on, on that song. And it, it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, to play and, and a fitting, you know, kind of catharsis or, or, or emotional, uh, uh, setting the stage for, for our last show. Um, while I was playing in Bogart, or at least you know, soon thereafter, uh, Josh, you, you and I had a side project with another friend called Lisa Needs Braces, a a folk three piece, uh, just you and I on guitar and a friend of ours uh, singing, and um, we covered "Save Me" by Amy Mann, and uh, I, I had a chance nice. to to play some slide guitar, which I'd played some of, but of all of the groups that I've played in th- that is uh, the most slide guitar that, that I've played. And that was a lot of fun. We, we would play that at uh, second Avenue pizza company. Was that the name of the
2: place where, where we played? Uh, well, oh, yeah. it was the bar next door was the name of the venue that was next to the pizza place. Of
3: yeah. course, of course the bar next door. Um, you mentioned Washington Irving, um, l- lots of good uh, covers there. Um, couple of my favorites, and I hope I'm not stepping on either one of yours, uh, Blake, uh, but we played uh, Exhuming McCarthy, speaking of R.E.M. and, and Document uh, specifically, and that was a lot of fun, and um, also The clamp down, which uh, I know we've mentioned a- on this podcast before. See, uh, these
0: were before I even joined the band, which is weird.
3: Really? I thought you played with us yep. uh, on those, but I-, I guess I'm wrong. Okay, well. Uh, <laughs> right before, I think. One thing that um, I have actually, you know, nobody else here, uh, what was involved in? I, I did a Joy Division tribute show with uh, with some friends. Uh, shout out uh, Eric and Josh, and and that was a lot of fun. I, I played guitar and keyboards and um, really enjoyed uh, "Love Will Tear Us Apart." Uh, I, I got to do both both the keyboard and the guitar, and it was, you know, I hadn't really gotten into Joy Division prior to signing on to do that show, and you know, it ended up being a real gas. And um, you know, Springfield folks, if you have a, re- a recording of that show, you know, uh, l- l- let me know. I Ooh, I um, I'd like to hear that.
2: So uh, there was another Josh in that band. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yeah, there was another Josh. Uh, you yeah, know, Josh. this Josh is the Nipstead. one
2: project Matt Matt cheated on me with. Was <laughs> what did you
0: <laughs> What did and you call apparently... that project? By the way, did it have a name? I don't know that it had a name. She's lost control that's my suggestion for possibly thing that no longer
3: exists or, or it might've been transmission. I'm not, I'm not sure. It, okay. it was kind of a one-time show at, at Lindbergh's, but it was a lot sure. of fun. And then finally, um, we, we mentioned, uh, XY uh, a lot of great, um, great songs, uh, to pick from there. It was a lot of fun, uh, to play and learn all those songs, you know, really kind of an embarrassment of riches of, of, of uh, fun guitar songs to play. But I, I think, I think the most fun of all of them for me was, uh, was cherub rock. And, um, I, I don't know if, if, uh, Logan and Josh, you have other favorites, but, but that was, uh, that was the one that, that, that stuck with me, uh, the most for covers. And, um, you know, we I, I know that we, we've got more covers, uh, in us as more of that, uh, coming up, uh, soon, uh, in new music that we're going to do. So, but those are some of mine that, uh, some of my favorites that I've done, uh, thus far up to now, Blake, uh, what are, what are your favorite covers? I, I, I wonder if I can, I, I, I have some, some guesses. We'll, we'll see if I'm right.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. This will be an interesting guessing game then. Um, and I, I think my, my number one, I mean, they're not really in any order, but I think my last one I'll do, uh, may shock everyone because I don't know if any of you were. <laughs> number one will shock you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this is this is a clickbait click clickbait podcast. Make sure you listen to the whole thing. Um, so, since Josh already mentioned it, yeah. So the first teenager ever was the band name with our our friend Mark, and that that band changed members up a lot. Uh Matt were you in it when we did Goodbye Horses like
3: Not I originally don't think he was, no. I I okay. saw you guys do it at a house show and was like oh wow yeah, that's okay. great. Uh <laughs> and, and I know I did play it with you um at another show probably not very well. I don't think I knew the <laughs> song that well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops.
0: <laughs> then, you know I don't think any of us knew it that well, but yeah, I, I think it was something that was Mark's idea, but then it became one of those things where I kind of wrestled creative control of the whole thing um, and ended up singing it. Uh, it is fun to sing and will stretch your vocal range. Um, uh, did, re, did you say you had a clip? Yeah. Josh? Do you
2: want to hear a clip of it? Or you can hear Blake uh, stretch the vocal wailing. chords. Yeah. yeah. Here's Blake <laughs> singing uh, Goodbye Horses, the Q Lazarus song. Uh, Silence of the Lambs Made famous in Silence of the Lambs But Blake's playing Mm -hmm. drums here and singing And I'm playing bass
1: I have that on so cd
0: <laughs> oh you have the ep yeah listen um, to that sweet angel voice yeah, thing that hearing that the the basement where we recorded that ep comes comes <laughs> right back to me i i miss recording in that space uh i got some somehow got some good sounds out of it um one of the earliest that i could first of all this was an exercise in how bad my memory is <laughs> uh For example, I didn't think to write down (laughs) Bellyache, the embarrassing Billie Eilish cover I forced you all to play. I could have played a clip
2: of that. I have a clip of that.
0: It was fun. fun. I... That one was fun. Um, anyway, one of the earliest ones I could think of was uh, Victims of Telephone, my first band that started in high school. Um, we, I think we might have only done it live once. Now I can't think of what it's called other than the Pete and Pete theme song.
2: But oh, the band Hey is Sandy.
0: Pol- yeah, Hey Sandy, but the band is Polaris, which I actually, I had the LP that I was from. Uh, really underrated, <laughs> little little-known band. But yeah, Hey Sandy, that was a fun cover. Uh, and we were all just Pete and Pete fans. One that's really relevant, uh, when I played with uh, Corey King's band that was, at that time, it was called Corey King and the Cardinal Queen. He's done a lot of permutations. Uh, most recently, I think he played with us as Corey King and a bunch of assholes.
2: I think so, yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, when I was in the band drumming, uh, we at two different times we played two replacements covers and um cory was a huge fan he's one of the people who got me into them uh we played can't hardly wait which is uh, a really fun one to do and um androgynous uh but not rather than a kind of piano solo thing turned it into a jaunty full rock band um thing uh it, it's really fun to play in a full rock band setting and it, it i thought it sounded really nice i have no auditory proof of that it sounded nice but uh, i i thought it was really cool to arrange androgynous as a uh, as a full rock band setup um something i thought surely one of you guys would have mentioned with washington irving uh with my time in the band actually this was our final show i think it was when we did this the chain fleetwood mac
3: Mm. I did think yeah. about that yeah, that was the last show
0: yeah that was a memorable one for me and it's on a recording somewhere I think and if I can find it maybe I'll put it in but uh yeah the, the chain is a fun song to play especially when it gets to the end that um you know and it goes to the the uh the quick beat
2: it was it was too much pressure on me playing because you gotta, you have to you have to nail that bass riff and I know it's a fairly simple bass riff, but i I felt like all the eyes are on me and I didn't like that. You know, I I feel like
0: the the vocals are the harder part. Like that, I think we bit off maybe more than we can chew vocally because I was trying to do harmonies and and Brett was doing the main part, and that that's tough to pull off. I, Matt I don't know was that dressed like did.
2: Stevie Nicks, with all the scarves <laughs> everywhere, long flowing,
0: very witchy dress. I also wanted to mention thinking about you, so I'm glad you did, because um, we not only had have, have we had a lot of fun playing it, but we have a cool recorded version of it and i always just thought it was a cool song and somehow it works as a rock song um okay the final one i have is is also a a tribute show um this tribute show happened exactly twice actually we played more than once um and uh, i don't even know if you guys know about this i know about it but okay philip dickey who we've mentioned recently of someone still loves you boris Yeltsin asked me uh to drum i think he asked me because he knew i was probably one of the few people he knew uh who was a big fountains of wayne fan um there are not a lot of us out there who are just really into fountains of wayne but he was he was into them so much that uh he asked me to to do a little tribute show uh called survival car uh, which is long off their first record uh we it was like a five or six song set at the most of just songs from their first album so not only was it a fountains of wayne cover band it was a cover band just of the first album uh the second i think it was the second show that we did it we added stacy's mom just for the hell of it i guess um those were really fun to play (laughs) and um fun to sing the harmonies with phil on uh but yeah, the, I, 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 really do, I really dug that. Um, wish that a recording existed somewhere of Survival Car. Uh, n- was anyone present for that?
2: No, but I do remember no. hearing about it. Okay. No, not me.
0: Well, it was a real happening. Wish you could have been there.
2: Wasn't it at the Gilloys? Didn't you guys do it at the Gilloys? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, it was fucking... The, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. I didn't even mention this part. The first one we did was at the Gilloys because we were. I uh, it was on the, the Mystery Hour show. <laughs>
2: I guess... Well, then there's definitely well, a recording s- of it then, right?
0: Yeah, I, I guess that would make sense that it would be recorded somewhere. <laughs> I haven't looked into it, but I should. Yeah, we should, we should go through the archives if that exists now. I know that show is
3: done, as far as I know. I, I had totally forgotten about that Hey Sandy cover, Blake. That, that's a, that was a great victim's yeah, tune. That was a
0: million... That was, that was 20 years... Thinking of, Speaking of things, almost. It, it might have been 2003, maybe 2004. Probably 2003
3: approaching 20 years and and just uh the the yep. wrong the wrong grail guy whenever i talk about those early bands now just that <laughs> the the wrong grail guy is just on on a loop in my head i i thought that you might pick um i know you guys did built to spill you were right um th- that was yeah. one of my favorite covers you did and uh also thursday do you remember doing thursday by yes uh, we did that oh, one by a morphine. bunch of times yeah
0: yeah i i wish we the only thing i wish we could have had it someone play saxophone we should have done that but it, that was a fun one
3: all right well uh all of those great covers uh great trips down memory lane logan what do you have for us
1: well, uh, in in reference to the the show header of, of discographology, the show, what was it, Matt? Where we <laughs> all the covers are oh, wrong. One last chance to, to get we've it got wrong. One last chance to get it all wrong. Oh, I I I thought it was in reference to how we always disagree on covers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's possible. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So, I was like, well, you know. In defense, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what makes a good cover? I, I personally believe that a good cover can be really hard to choose. And I would say to that I, I'm, the, I've made so many of them. I started making lists of the covers that I've done, and I was kind of shocked at it, it. Really started to pile up, almost thirty plus, and then some I couldn't even remember. And I I was just shocked at how many terrible covers I've, I've done. And that's why I'm always like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm scared of bad covers. Um, but, but some of my criteria that I, I kind of go with are I feel like people should maybe know it. Or when you start playing a well-known song, people instantly react differently. You know, they get involved or sing along or they kind of light up in the crowd. Deep cuts don't seem to go over really well and uh, unless under specific circumstances, but I'm not sure of, you know, but no one wants to hear you cover a deep cut that, you know, only two people in the bar may know. Uh, Another one is a song that is well-known, but maybe has some time out of the spotlight, like ripe for a comeback or doesn't have a well-known modern cover version or isn't on a ton of commercials. Uh, Another one is I like uh, irony, meaning it's a song that doesn't, sound like your band but you make it your own i think doing an exact replica of a song isn't the best choice unless you're specifically doing like a tribute band or a cover band but a band with an established style and then you do a cover i feel like you should do it your way it is it's a cool juxtaposition with irony and it can go a long way with a crowd and it can stick out and uh, you know, you never want to pick something that's too hard to perform. <laughs> that's something I've learned too. Is like, <laughs> don't pick something too difficult that you can't you can't do. Uh, that being said, I've played a lot of covers, and a lot of them have a lot of dumb and weird stories that go along with them, and it's kind of hard to pilfer through. So I don't want to bore you all. I almost want to be like, well, what do you want to know? <laughs> Story uh, time. <sighs> I don't know I a lot of my first experiences were when I was a teenager of playing covers that seemed to be like if you're going to perform, you wanna perform something that you like and you, you want or was well known by the teenagers you know your age. uh I've been in some weird situations like that one time at band camp, uh, a bunch of kids went over to someone's house and we, there was a drum set set up and it was for lunch and and i had just gone to i had just learned rage against the machines killing in the name <laughs> <laughs> on guitar nice. just like coincidentally but uh the, the, the drummer sat down like what do you want to play i'm like you know killing in the Name? and they're like yeah and we just started it was just me you know guitar and drums in a room full of like band camp kids <laughs> and we just, I don't, it was one of the most amazing experiences. It was just awesome. Wow. Like, it, we played it really well. It was, it was one of those moments where, like, if you were there and you were in the moment, it was like, yeah, this was, this was pretty sweet. Uh, I look back on stuff like that. Uh, but I have a lot of embarrassing ones, you know, uh, a ton of, I don't even know where to start. What's the most embarrassing one you think? <laughs> uh, well, one of the most we were having a sock hop, a 1950s sock hop at our, our school, like in eighth grade, like a you know a dance, and it was during school hours, and a teacher uh, who was, who also was a clown on the side and a, <laughs> a singer in the air, in lake area, she wanted to sing like Johnny Be Good in like for this. <laughs> Sock hop, so she enlisted me and this other guy named Jesse Hanks to play bass, and I dressed up like Buddy Holly in like a white suit and like rim glasses, and we learned how to play "Walk Don't Run" and uh "Johnny Be Good." So all's going well. This is going to be like one of my first chances to get up in front of the school and play guitar. So I'm like pumped. You know, I'm like, this is going to be so exciting. Well, my parents show up and they kind of sneak into the gym while it's happening. And I think my mom was filming or something like that. Of course. Right. Well, my dad's old scary, Larry, (laughs) my teacher, she's out there singing with like, she's got a headset on. Like so she's like free to <laughs> like walk <Phil> around <laughs> like she's, she's working the crowd to dance. <laughs> yeah, like free to walk around and she sees my dad and knows my dad from like doing local theater and stuff like that. So she's like, "Oh, there's, you know, Scary Larry. He'll play along." And so she w- walks up to him while she's singing "Johnny Be Good" and I'm playing guitar up in front of my school. She pulls my dad onto the, the gym floor. And just to to dance with her. And I just look over and I see someone like there's some kid on the side and just true like movie fashion. That's like, hey, Logan, isn't that your dad? (laughs) (laughs) Your dad's getting to second base
2: with Miss Carlton. (laughs) Uh,
1: And I'm like trying to keep playing and not screw up because I'm totally getting distracted. And my dad is doing like. I he's doing like the twist or something and like or the he starts doing like the funky chicken or something real <laughs> from his time period you know and I don't know I think my heart as soon as I got through the song and got the guitar off and I just like made a, a exit for like the boys locker room because it was like <laughs> I'm just oh like no. ah, I gotta get it out of here like I was already just sweating it out but it was now I look Damn. back on it and. It, it was funny, but it was also pretty embarrassing at the time for me. Um <laughs> nice. But no, I, I, I love the stuff that we did uh, with the Pumpkins uh, tribute. I really loved doing uh, Geek USA. That was a highlight for me. I love the Scary Larry show. I really enjoyed doing the cramps, Surfing Dead, and... Uh, covering Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. Uh, I think you have a clip of it. I didn't make any clips. Yeah. I usually hate listening to myself.
2: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, this is Logan so. singing Red Right Hand. Sc- Scary Larry, the titular Scary Larry we mentioned here is he, he usually sang on stuff, but on this one, uh, Logan sang. Also, I should point out, uh, I'm playing bass. Matt is on keyboards, uh, cribbing a little bit from Question Mark and the Mysterians as well. But uh, <laughs> here we go. This is... Our cover of Nick Cave's red right hand from a Halloween tribute show we did. Yeah! You'll see him in your
0: nightmares. You'll see
3: him in your dreams. down out of here. Out of
1: nowhere. But he ain't. Oh. What he sees. You'll
3: see him in your
1: head
2: dead on
0: that was a lot of fun (laughs) uh
2: what about with fatherton we've mentioned fatherton a few times was there any covers with fatherton that were uh i remember we did oh man we did a lot like i don't know
1: uh i remember one time we did the faint drop kick the punks and that was pretty fun um we did buddy holly i i think that was probably the one like right when Fatherton started and then we were in high school, we covered that and that got a really good reaction. Uh, one of the best situations ever, we we played at our high school like homecoming dance, and there was over 600 people in attendance at the, at the high school in the cafeteria where we were set up Damn. in just like a corner and we, we played like our five song EP and we' covered Weezer's. Uh, you gave your love to me softly. Uh, that was pretty sweet. There was a small fire broke out <laughs> over by Bo. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: Well uh, yeah there was some we had some lighting like some really big bulbs like colored bulbs on the floor that probably shouldn't have been on the floor and like there was a sea <laughs> of kids in front of us I'm just, no joke it not exaggerating they wow. said it was the highest attended dance in Camdenton history <laughs> and wow just a sea of kids in it, and they almost all like fell over it. like cuz we weren't on a stage we were like ground level with them in the corner of the cafeteria just like it was wild uh, it's been hard to. <laughs> that that was a good one. Um, we're like the spider. We've I talked about on other show. We did All That She Wants by Asa Bass. That was a big oh, yeah. We also you did find wa- that on nice. YouTube. Yeah, we also did Want to Be Your Dog uh, by the Iggy and the Stooges. Uh, that was a, oh, a favorite of mine as well. Great song to cover. Uh, but uh, one time, uh, <laughs> Fatherton and like another band, I think it was Sunswept East and or a show of hands and like we got our friend that was a a dj and he set up his turntable like at the end of the show we all these bands formed one giant band and we covered (laughs) uh like we had two singers like i was singing uh but we'd switch off on uh verses and we did deftones be quiet and drive and that was sick (laughs) it was awesome it was but uh I remember we did a bad cover. Fatherton did a bad cover of uh, The Strokes last night. <laughs> oh, whoa. It
2: really doesn't fit the vibe of Fatherton, yeah. uh, I feel like.
1: <laughs> well, it was yeah. at a crossroad. you know, like at that time period when it came out, it was like, whoa, this song's great. And we were, I don't know if I was probably like, man, we need to be hopping on this bandwagon
2: <laughs> or something. I don't yeah. know. That's probably. I, re- I remember seeing you guys in a basement do uh, The Cure "A Forest. That was really cool. What? Yeah, saw Fatherton did, do the Cure. I don't think we ever covered. I swear, forest. you guys covered. A f- I think a Logan would know. I, don't I know. swear, you covered for. Now, if Bo is Bo listening, did, played maybe, guitar and Fatherton, please tell us if I'm right. I swear, I can well, even know what house it was. I'm not going to bore listeners with describing. They have the house, a song but, that kind of sounds like the Forest, but no, it's well, was original. the
1: Forest? Well, you know, I could be totally blanking, but I don't know. They're, I was thinking about good covers that I uh, that I've heard that I think really fit my criteria. Like, what about Lana Del Rey's uh, "Summertime"? Uh, the cover of uh, Sublime. I think that's a really good cover. Oh yeah, oh,
0: yeah. that's a great. I think I um, like it better than the original. Yeah,
1: three. Uh, I know this band isn't hailed as a great band. I like a, I like Transistor quite a bit, but I think 311's cover of The Cure's "Love Song" is really good.
2: <laughs> Definitely <laughs> made it their that's, own. They made it their. I don't own. know about
1: that. And and I think it's great. Uh, Ghost, if you have Ghost by Rocky Erickson, that was good. Devo, I can't get no satisfaction. Of course, Johnny That's Cash, Hurt, one. Foo Fighters, Down in the Park by Gary Newman. Devo head like a hole.
2: <laughs> Devo it's did goofy. head like a hole. They okay. did. <laughs> it's
0: goofy. <laughs> really. Wow. Yeah. I look it up sometimes.
1: But yeah. No, I I I have a lot of great memories of uh, playing covers so
3: well I I'd say that about covers it um thanks everybody hey, for, uh, nice. for for listening again to our, our trip down memory lane um if you knew us back then we, we hope that 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 you enjoyed it as well if you didn't uh, we hope that, that you can at least uh, you know um, get some kicks join us in our in our our commemoration and or, and, uh, and and enjoying the Uh, (laughs) What is that? Very very fitting. Very fitting. Um, But, uh, Logan, um, you mentioned that good covers um, are often ones that you like to play, and I like to think that the Kiss cover that's on our uh, upcoming replacements record coming up uh, next week uh, would fall into that category, so um, we hope that you join us uh, next week for the replacements. Let it be. And until then, uh, play some music. You know, if you got a guitar, get out and 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 learn learn a song, play your favorite song, and don't forget to listen to music.
2: <laughs> Y'all should have never given me the power to do drops. <laughs>